They can't see my vision, can't see I'm winning. Oh Lord, tell me, did you pepper spray these villains? Can't see my vision, can't see I'm winning. Oh Lord, tell me, did you pepper spray these villains? Hey, I don't back down. Even Welcome into defeating the curse after what feels like a month off. Uh, LP and I are back, two man show, talking about the Wizards. Um, I know FP's uh, starting to grow some love or, or, or really have some feelings for the NBA because the NFL is so bad. Steve, of course, can't be bothered anytime we talk about the NBA, but the Wizards are um, they're struggling, but so is the rest of the East. Uh, LP and I will we'll jump into all that stuff. We also got uh, a guest coming on from the uh, Swinging Swords podcast, if I'm not mistaken, uh, who covers the uh, the Cavaliers. So it's always fun to do some crosstalk, and we'll get into the specifics around all the things going wrong in Cleveland, which we personally are probably quite happy to see. Uh, but LP, how you been? Welcome back in. What have you been up to for the last week and change or so? DC Sports uh, got you down? Man, it's not just the DC Sports. I don't know. Like, I can't get over it. I'm not even a big Nats fan. But after that loss in the playoffs, I mean, it just it hasn't been good for DC Sports. I mean, we saw 95% of the Redskins roster get injured in the past two weeks. Uh, you saw Philadelphia take a three-game lead. I mean, and... You know, obviously this town runs around football, but but basketball has got to be our, our bread and butter here. And we saw the Wizards lose to the Suns yesterday. We saw the Wizards lose, um, you know, just to the Lakers. There's just so many things that are just going wrong in D.C. sports. What have we come to? Well, let's well, take what's it. Going in, on let, let's take them in order here, and we won't even talk about the Caps, right? Because FP can't be bothered right now. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> um, let, let's let's take these in order. I know you watched all these games because I, I, you and I, we, our love for for all things NBA is um, is nothing new. Um, what was your first impression when you watched the Lakers game last week? Uh, because certainly I saw a couple of things that I was not happy with, and they were really our our best players just didn't didn't really feel like I, I felt like they were in LA uh, mentally or or physically, but not mentally. I think part of that is the LA effect, but. They didn't look really good against the Lakers, which is shocking because they're such a bad team. Um, they looked a lot better against the Warriors, but just specifically on the Lakers, like with the LeVar Ball stuff and Lonzo had a nice, quiet game. He just handled his business. Uh, what did you see? Because what I saw, I didn't like. I mean, I didn't see a potential Eastern Conference champion Wizards team. What I saw was a middling 45-ish team that on any given night is going to is gonna you know, basically wet the bed. Yeah. I, I wrote about it on our, on our blog, defeatingthecurse.com. This has been a thing with the Wizards for, for as far as I can remember right now. We play up to the competition, or we play down to the competition. We play against Cleveland. We play against Boston. We're playing pretty well. We play against the Lakers. We play against the Sixers, the Suns, the, the Kings, whatever it is. I mean, and somehow these, these really bad teams that we should be dominating are, are in the game. I mean, the Lakers should have never been there. We were up 10 points with, I think, like six minutes left. And LeVar got on his soapbox and said that, that the Lakers are going to win. And even Chris Miller on CSN essentially laughed at him. And come come to it, it's true. I mean, I, I think this team overlooks some of these bad teams. And I, I think that starts with the stars. I mean, I think, you know, Bradley Beal, John Wall, they got to put in the effort at the, at the end of the game 
you know, when you're crushing a team, you still got to close them out, and they're just not doing that right now. Yeah, and that, and that you Lakers saw, game. You saw really bad free that, throw shooting from the Stars at the end of the game at, and, you know, at the end of multiple games well, that we've lost. Hold on, but before you get too far off that, Bradley Beal, and, and I mean, I remember thinking to myself during that Lakers game, what's wrong with this guy that he all of a sudden can't – well, it's not actually all of a sudden. He has um, not always delivered down the stretch uh, when it comes to free throws, but he, he consistently misses free throws at the end of the game. Maybe it's just the I'm, – I'm not sure what it is specifically, but um, I mean, how would I know, right? I'm not around the team like every single day. I'm not there practicing with them, but he, when he missed, what, two of five or whatever it was down the stretch in the Lakers game, I was like, man, this, is, this doesn't bode well. And then the defense got real sloppy. And then Julius Randle, you know, gets that tip in. And then that freaking corner three. And then, you know, horrible look from the corner for Beal to hit a three-pointer to win the game. Completely unnecessary. And, you know, it's over. Yeah. And, you know, and, and over time I had zero confidence that we were going to pull that game out. Yeah, it was just, it was not a good showing. Bradley Beal still had 28 points, you know, throughout the game. But I, I think back to your free throw shooting thing. I think it's just a factor of the NBA is a grind. It's a long, long, long season. And then off seasons are probably not taken as hard. The NBA pushed the start of the season up two weeks. So essentially you you cut out most of preseason and the first month or two is your preseason in the, in the NBA. So well, I, I you think said it just it. hasn't been on the court. But this grind thing is weird, right? And we got this poll up. I put this poll up on our, our Twitter account. You know, does, do the back-to-backs – um, you know, the NBA made this like big push about like, oh, we're not going to have so many back to backs in hopes that the, uh, you know, the star players from the teams won't take time off and the coaches won't have to rest them. But frankly, I think it actually benefits. This is my the, the question was, does the does the lack of back to backs or, you know, they're they basically don't exist. Does it help all the teams because they all get to rest or does it really benefit the bad teams? And, and the answer to me, the, my personal opinion, is it benefits the bad teams. And I think we're actually seeing that play out here over the first, you know, eight, nine, ten games of the season. The bad teams that don't have to play back-to-back games, they get to rest and plan and strategize for whoever's coming into town next. So you're not seeing them drop the second half of a back-to-back consistently. Whereas the good teams, maybe obviously they're not going to get in a practice session after a win or after a loss. You know, if you got to be on a plane to get to the next place... You know the rhythm is messed up if you're on a if you're on a heater, and if you're if you drop the game, there's just more time to sit around and and kind of sulk or, or relive it. So I actually think this lack of back to back thing, I think that's why we see teams like Orlando and the Pacers, you know, just kind of focusing on the East. I think that's why you're seeing them pick up games that they otherwise probably wouldn't. Maybe even the Lake. I mean, the Lakers shouldn't have beat the Wizards. Um, frankly, the Wizard, yeah. the Warriors shouldn't have beat the Wizards. You know, two nights later or whatever it was on on Friday night last week. I mean, the the Wizards outplayed the Warriors. They they outplayed them from from the jump, and uh, you know things got sideways as they always seem to do. But again, 15, 16 point lead. It's the Warriors, and you know the Warriors are going to make a run. But I feel like every team in the NBA can make a run. There really isn't a game that's over. Uh, even if it's 20, 25 points, it seems like everyone makes runs. Yeah. I I don't know about, about your theory there. I, I think at the end of the day, the better team should be able to pull out games, whether it's off of one night rest or zero nights rest, whatever it is. I think the NBA is, is definitely about momentum and swings and stuff like that. So, you know, losing the back-to-back, you kind of lose swings and momentum. So, you know, positive or negative, I think that has an effect on the game. But at the end of the day, you know, 
take look at the 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 Lakers game. Bradley Beal shot 66% from the free throw. John Wall 75%. I mean, you're just not going to win with those guys shooting that low of free throw percentage yeah. at the end of the game. So I mean, you know, it, that it is what it is, but you you hit your shots at the end of the game, you hit your free throws and like we're not in this predicament. I mean, there's no way that you should let Phoenix Suns come back, you know, what were we up like 30 points? It, it almost seemed like a bazillion points yesterday. Phoenix should have never been in that game. For them to come in, you know, into that game and steal one in here in DC, I mean, it's just unacceptable. The the team I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, you look at these you look at these last bunch, right? They 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 beat the Pistons by four, and that wasn't like a it, that was a tough or that was a really close four point win. Then they go, um, they were at the Nuggets, and they had to claw their way back into that one. Eventually, they won it by five. Then they lost to the Lakers by three in overtime. They couldn't score, right? They they only had nine, they only had nine points in that game. Then they lost to the Warriors by three after having a sixteen point lead a couple of days later. Then they come home, or no, sorry, then they went to Sacramento. Um, at one point, they had a thirty something point lead against Sacramento. They ended up blowing them out, which they were supposed to do. But then they come home, and the stupid Suns, who have players requesting trades and not showing up, they come in here and they win. And that's that's not okay. No. And I don't believe in trap games or any of that 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 BS. That that's that's for non professional athletes. But what the hell happened yesterday? Squandering a, a forty point performance from Bradley Beal is one thing, but. This team just didn't show up, man. They just looked bad. Maybe they were distracted by the World Series. I don't know, but they looked bad. This was a bad loss. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. I mean, there's there's no, just no excuse for that. And you know, we can we can scrap that away by saying you know that it's still November and it's still a long season and it's a grind and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, does this signify something that's deeper? I mean, you know, this shouldn't be happening. Just hands down, it just shouldn't be happening. It doesn't matter what month it is or you know what game it is in the season. It just absolutely shouldn't be happening. So. Yeah, well, uh, well, it doesn't get any easier, right? I mean, Cleveland is down, but they are they're they come into town uh, tomorrow. You know, Cleveland's Friday night. Really down though. I mean, they've lost the last four. They've won three games. They're three and five. They're three and five Cleveland and currently out of the uh, out of the playoff seating uh, with ten games played. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're actually still in fourth or something like that. It's, no, it's no, crazy. no. They're 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 like ninth or tenth right now. Is it okay? Orlando's I mean, running really away matter? with the East. It's November second. Right? It is November second. Yeah. This is typically most years past. They'd be three games into the season. You know, we're we're eight games in now. So, um, do you like it? Do you like that the season started earlier and it's a little bit more spread out? Uh you know, check back with me in in, in like a couple of weeks. I, I, it doesn't bother me. Um, I don't know if there's any benefit to it, to be honest. I mean, it, to me, it's just competing. It, it's more competition. It's only a couple of weeks, so I, I don't know. If if the play is consistently better, and I every time I tune into you know a marquee matchup on ESPN or TNT or whatever, I see marquee players and the, the big names play, then yeah, okay, then it was worth it. Um, but frankly, I think the coaches are still going to do whatever they feel they want to do, or whatever's best for their team, including resting players down the stretch. And frankly... This generation of players, I mean, Chuck calls them soft all the time. They are soft, and it's not like they need excuses. They can just take themselves out of game. So, yeah. <coughs> excuse me. I, yeah, I don't know if it really moves the needle for me. I mean, there's more sports on, I guess, for a couple weeks in, in October, but October is already packed with sports. It's the best sports month of the year, so it doesn't really do it for me personally. To be honest, I like it because it, it gives us an opportunity to – to watch all the sports, right? So you have the World Series going on, you have NFL going on, you have NBA going on. 
I mean, if you have the Wizards playing, you know, back to back and, you know, during the World Series and during, you know, Thursday Night Football, which we all know is crap, but it gives us an opportunity to watch other sports. And then, honestly, it, it just spreads it out where I, I just, I don't know. I feel like there's been more hype around the NBA this season. There's been more headlines. Um, the games have actually been way more intriguing to me, you know, non-Wizards games even. Um, I don't know. I kind of like it. Yeah, like I said, I, I don't necessarily mind it. Uh, but for me, the, the, you know, I think the, the jury's still out TBD, TBD, but I want to, uh, let's set up our guest who's coming in here. So swinging swords podcast out of base out of Cleveland, they do, um, I mean, they cover the Cavs the way we, I'm sure they love their team the way we love ours. The difference is their, their teams brought home uh, a championship more recently than ours. Um, and they're frankly, they're. LeBron's in the finals every single year. I think he's, he's going on eight years now or something ridiculous. So um, they know that team inside out. Um, we'll, we'll have Sean come on and kind of talk to us a little bit about what's going on up there because they are in full meltdown mode. Um, we'll get his thoughts on the Eastern Conference as well because, frankly, if, if you told anybody a few weeks back that the East would be, you know, with, with the East would have Orlando at the top, um, and the Nets would be a competitive team, I think people would have thought you were crazy. So we'll get his thoughts on all that, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about what we expect over the next coming week. I mean, it really doesn't get easier for the Wizards if you look at the schedule. Um, you know, I, I, they should be able to win some of these games. Frankly, they should, they should beat Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland is down. Cleveland is just not very good, but we'll get his thoughts on it. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep this going. We'll be right back after a short break. Welcome back in. Sean from Swinging Swords is coming on here. Uh, he's been listening patient, patiently offline or, or just kind of in our fake uh, internet virtual green room. But he's here, and uh, we're ready to pick his brain on the Cavaliers and the meltdown, the meltdown that's ensuing up in Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> LP, I know you got some specific th- thoughts and uh, concerns, right, about, about LeBron James. I know he's your favorite player, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, no. No, I'm sorry, Sean. <laughs> that's not a LeBron right. fan. But Sean, let me let me kick this off. Um, very, you know, obviously the first question on the top of our heads is, what the hell is going on in Cleveland? What do you mean? What, what's going <laughs> on? I mean, it's it's early in the season. And like, look, if you think about the Cavaliers and the vacuum, of course, it's easy to start panicking. But you got to keep in mind, if you look at the standings right now, there's only three games that separates the Cavaliers from the Boston Celtics. Everybody's just bundled together. Um, we've been able to tell real quickly who are not going to be in contention. That's the Bulls and the Hawks. Uh, They're out of it pretty much already. They're not going to get better or whatnot. Um, And also, the Cavaliers, along with everyone else, there's a lot of scoring going on. Yeah, there's there's uh, no defense. You're correct. Right, there's like no defense being played. In the Eastern Conference, the Celtics are the only team that are allowing less than 100 points. So... And also, you know, last year, you know, the season would have started like today. So there are a lot of teams, especially ones who expect to be in the playoffs, who expect to be in the finals, who are still treating it as preseason. Uh, Ty Lu has changed the lineup several times. In fact, he's changing the lineup again uh, for the Washington Wizards. Uh, Jay Crowder is going to be put back into the starting lineup, uh, which he should have stayed. But 
You of course. Know. Hold on, I got I got to stop you right there. Why did he ever get? He's the he's the best player on the team, and I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that to be annoying, or I'm not. It's not a hot take. He he is. I mean, he is incredible. He's incredible. He was the he was the. I mean, look, everybody killed me on our podcast because I said he was the prize in the trade in the trade over the summer. He was the guy that I can't imagine the Celtics were like, oh yeah, we'll we'll just give him up because he is a to me he is a to me he's a budding he's a budding superstar. I mean, I can see him carrying a team. Maybe not, maybe not the team he's on right now because there's another very, 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 very good player with him. Um, but it doesn't make sense to pull him from the from the starting lineup. And frankly, the injury to Tristan, I mean, that's a big deal, right? I mean, who who steps in to fill that hole? Well, I don't know if it's that big of a void because when Tristan has been in, he has not been himself. Uh, he's only averaging six rebounds a game, and this goes back to last year. Um, in fact, last year, uh, a lot of people didn't know he dealt with a little bit of knee tendonitis and that really slowed his game down. So, you know, if he's not Tristan Thompson is kind okay, is it's well known amongst my circles that I'm not a big fan of Tristan Thompson. And if he's not giving you rebounds, he's not giving you anything. So if he's not rebounding, he's just taking up time from someone who could contribute in another matter. So we expect to see a little bit more of Channing Frye. And he's not going to make up for any rebounding in any stretch of the imagination. But at least you now get him as a scoring threat, which not even in your wildest dreams you're going to get out of Tristan Thompson. Uh, I'm sorry. Did you say yeah. Channing Frye is a scoring threat? <laughs> I'm just just well, just want just want to clarify. Just want well, to clarify. He was <laughs> he was a part of a team that was number two in three point percentage last year. Um, since he has not played, and since we lost Kyrie Irving in the trade, the Cavaliers are now in the middle of the pack, and whereas other teams are making more three pointers against us. So those little things do matter, um, and this team is set up to stretch the floor so that. Uh, LeBron James, and hopefully when uh, Isaiah Thomas comes back, they have room to operate. Um, but right now, you know, JR is struggling. Uh, Kyle Corver is doing okay. Uh, Kevin Love is doing okay. But we're not hitting three-pointers at the same clip as we were last year. Hey, Sean, I keep hearing you talking about offense, but the Cavs let up uh, in the past four games 112, 123, 114, 124 points. I mean, offense is not going to stop the other team from, from scoring that many points. Isn't that an issue? Oh, that's definitely an issue. And, you know, that's going back to last year. Um, from my observation, the, uh, especially the backcourt, uh, whether it's J.R. Smith, uh, Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade, they seem to be a step behind on a lot of the defenders, um, especially J.R. Smith. I see a lot of overplaying on defense, actually. And I think it's really just a bunch of new faces trying to get used to each other old guys and, yeah. old guys well, old and isn't jr smith discontent with his role jr smith has been unhappy for five years like you have yeah, to ask, i mean you have to ask that question every day because his mood changes every day <laughs> like i like um, the, i like the dude off the court but man he he is just i mean he is the definition of inconsistency he can do a little <laughs> bit of everything but i feel like he does a lot of nothing I just feel like the Cavs are, are, are a pot that's boiling, and it's getting really close to the rim. And it, once it goes over that rim, I mean, you know, well, this is this is LeBron's last year in Cleveland, right? No. Like, absolutely <laughs> no? not. No, I'm not going to believe. And, you know, that's a discussion for another time because we can go a whole hour on that. But with uh, J.R. Smith and, you know, just the other team, I think it's just a bunch of new guys 
getting used to each other. I don't see a lot of communication on defensive rotations. Um, I feel like, like, okay, for case in point, um, going back to Tristan Thompson, uh, the other night, uh, he didn't have a single rebound and you really couldn't depend on him heavily for weak side defense, especially in the post. So all you have to do right now is beat the, uh, Cavaliers first man, and you're going to get to the hole. And that's been a problem for the past couple of years since we haven't had a true seven footer in there. And, you know, I, I do question Tyloo's decisions on rotations at times. Uh, we do have a 6'11 power forward in the name of uh, Zizic, who at least deserves a look if you're looking for defense out of the post. Um, I'm hoping that Lou takes a look at it at some point. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, but, I mean, I wouldn't. So I wouldn't like, hold my breath personally. I mean, there's there's a, there's other problems here. Uh, rim defender is very low on the list. Uh, I mean, I, I, admittedly, now, I, now you're talking to you're talking to someone who used to play center in high school, and I'm telling you right now, we're the last line of defense. And if a point guard or a shooting guard is not scared to go to the hole against your team, you're, you're done. I, I don't I don't question you on that. Like, but because trust me, I, I would love to have Gortat <laughs> right now. <laughs> Uh, you hey we let's we can make that deal today. We can make that yeah. deal today. You ready for trade? Just take him, just you, take him you, off my hands. No 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 no. Oh no. Well, okay well then. <laughs> it, it's gonna have saying? to include. We, we need Crowder in the deal somehow. I I, I oh. love I love Jay. Uh, no. I yeah, love. You hear him. the dial tone click. <laughs> <laughs> well look I mean you you clearly you watch a ton of basketball. We watch a ton of basketball right now. Looking at the Eastern Conference, you, you can't say Cleveland really is that front runner to make uh, a push to the Eastern Conference Finals, correct? I mean, it looks like, it, you know, the Celtics even down, uh, obviously down uh, Hayward for the, for the season, they're gonna be okay. I think they I think they got the Rookie of the Year on their on their squad. To be honest, they're gonna be okay. They're gonna be a one, two, three. I think the, the top three teams in the East at at the end of the season are still in some order going to be the Cavs, the Wizards, and the Celtics. Um, Orlando is is a shocker to me. I mean, they are just I, I have no words for them. Uh, the Pacers look like they can. The Pacers look like they got the better end of the the the, um, the Paul George deal. And frankly, you know, Milwaukee Milwaukee might have the 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 second or third best player in the entire league. So the East is is wide open in my opinion. The Wizards obviously I don't know how much Wizards you watched on, but they uh, they went out to they went out west. Dropped the game they had to have against uh, against the Lakers, had a lead against the Warriors, and and you know gave it up. Came home, or sorry, went to Sacramento and crushed crushed the uh, the Kings, and came home and had a ridiculous performance last night, losing to the Suns. So they are not the model of consistency either. But how do, how do you see the East playing out here? At least maybe not over the whole season. At least over the first, let's say the first half of the season through the All Star break. Well, it's funny that you say that. For me, it's way too early. And, you know, we were talking about Ty Lue and, and trying to figure out the rotations. Even if he does get something figured out and the Cavs go on a winning streak, he has to do the same thing all over again in January when Isaiah Thomas comes back. So it's really hard for me to buy into the notion that the Cavs are in major trouble. Um, I usually like to wait until, like, early December uh, going into early December, going into Christmas to really get a feel for where the Cavaliers are. And, you know, with this matchup coming up tomorrow night, um, I honestly don't know what we're going to learn about the two teams, win or lose. Like, if Washington wins, um, that's a good notch on their belt. 
but it still doesn't take away from the struggles that the Wizards are dealing with. And same thing with the Cavs. If the Cavs win, it doesn't tell me anything more than, hey, we were able to catch the Wizards on a good night. Yeah. So, right, it's really just too early. I'm looking at the standings right now. A lot of your good playoff teams from last year are hovering around 500. Um, whereas, you know, the Orlando Magic, uh, I know they're shocking everyone. But at the same time, you know, while the good teams are trying to figure out uh, where who they are and where they are, of course, the young teams are going to scrap and fight. And so hold, hold on. I, I got to ask you this. I don't, I don't mean to cut you off. And I know LP Go had ahead. a question queued up, too. But uh, so I have a working theory here that the that the lack of back to back games uh, in the NBA this season, obviously, that's why they pushed the season start, uh, made it earlier to, to eliminate or, or minimize back to backs. I have yeah. a working theory that that actually benefits the the bad teams in the league do you agree with that oh definitely definitely because a lot of your bad teams wow, are also your young teams everybody agrees with joe, agrees with joe. a lot of your yeah a lot of your bad teams are your young teams as well so they have the you know if you if you give a young team extra rest and extra preparation to play against you they improve their chances. And, you know, when you are Washington Wizards, when you're a Cleveland Cavaliers, you, you have the target on your back to, you know, use a cliche. And they're going to come out gunning for you with usually one, two days rest in preparation. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game. Now, we're going to have to revisit that come March when then, that's where you start to separate the men from the boys. Yeah. So talking a little bit down into the season – so what's Cleveland going to do? Or I guess let me let me rephrase this and say what's LeBron, who's LeBron going to recruit midseason into to Cleveland? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's happened every year, man. I just have to ask. Hey, you know what? There, you're, there was a time where the Cavaliers couldn't even get their own fans <laughs> down to the <laughs> arena. So I love the fact that every year I can expect some type of move to improve the team because that's what you want out of your franchise. Um, I'm hoping I'm, I'm a proponent of the Cavaliers going strong after Eric Bledsoe, even though we have Isaiah Thomas. Um, and that's really because one, he wants to come here. Well, do you really have play. Isaiah Thomas? And what do you really have with Isaiah Thomas? I mean, I, I, listen, I, I, listen, I, I don't like, it's not like bullying or anything, but man, he, he, there's no love for that guy here. Um, <laughs> he, he's, he is so overrated. He's not worth, He's not worth half what he what he thinks he's uh, demanding on the on the open market. I'm sorry, but gee, I don't, it's not about the size; it's about the defense. You can't if you can't play defense, you have no business on the court. This is not it's not football. This isn't you know you know you only play one direction. The guy last year was a huge liability to his team. I know he he lit it up offensively, but man, he got torched defensively. So you know I I, I can respect the fact that we don't you don't know what you got. You know, at this point, because he really hasn't he hasn't done anything. But man, I, I'm just I got no faith in that guy. I don't see how he helps the the Cavs at all. This is just my opinion. Well, I am excited to see how his scoring adds into the equation. But it, there's certain points that I agree with. Um, it's hard for me to get 100 percent excited about a player that I don't know what he's going to be in January. That's when you really start to tool everything together to make your playoff push. And that's why I want Eric Bledsoe. I know who yeah. Eric Bledsoe is. I know he's healthy. Um, I know he can help this team. And it's a savvy move in the fact that if you bring him in and 
Thomas goes somewhere else and gets that contract he wants and Rose decides to go somewhere else to get more money, you still have a point guard that's locked up for two years. Sure. And to be and fair. If, and if LeBron and yeah. if LeBron leaves, you know, are we a championship team? No. But I can you can still draw a crowd with Eric Bledsoe and Kevin Love. Well, see, and there there it is, right? That's the uh, contingency plan, right? But it's uh I'm well, always sticking ahead. Man. Yeah, you, you well, got well, to well, with Cleveland this. with, with the, LeBron you got to. Yeah, and the Browns aren't pulling any of the fans over. So you're good until December. I see. I see. We weren't going to talk about that. <laughs> they had a quarterback, right? They just didn't submit the paperwork. Oh, and you know what? I think the football guys intervene. I am so happy <laughs> that that trade didn't go through. And it, and I don't know if Sashi saved the day or not. We'll, we'll see. We we will so see. I mean, it, about the Browns, but we're not going to go there. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> yeah, not. Let's I mean, not. We're we're losing we're losing listeners here by the second talking about the Browns. So, <laughs> um, you know, and it's funny you you know your point about it. You he'll come back and be ready. You know, by uh, whatever January February, right around when you know Derrick Rose's knees will explode or. He'll start missing time. I mean, it's an older team. This is one of the oldest teams that LeBron's been a part of. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I, you know, I, I like that you're hedging your bet and basically saying, you know, we'll we'll, we'll wait and see what, what the team looks like at the end of December. But, um, you know, just give me give me a bold prediction for tomorrow night. Just for tomorrow, anyway. You think the Cavs come bold into prediction. D.C. and win? This is going to surprise you. But I think with the t- team still kind of retooling, it will not surprise me to see the Washington Wizards win one twelve to one hundred. Wow! You know, uh, LP actually, I think he had the same exact score, um, but he had Cleveland. So that that that'll be really interesting to see what happens tomorrow. But um, really, can't thank you enough for coming on. This has been this has been awesome for everybody that's listening. Um, you know, you know how at DTC we love the crosstalk. We love bringing in the voices from other markets. Um, you know, especially when our team is going to face one of their teams. So, um, Swinging Swords is the podcast. Where where can they find all your stuff? Well, you can find me on Twitter um, at Sean S H A W N Philpot P H I L P O T C L E. You can find the podcast actually on uh, SoundCloud. Just look up Swinging Swords Cavaliers podcast, and you'll find us on SoundCloud. Awesome. Sean, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Um, I think we'll be doing more of these down uh, down the stretch here, especially as uh, things start to take shape for the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we'd love to get your opinion on not just the Cavs, but the NBA East and maybe the NBA at large as well. If you, uh, We'd love to have you back if you'd like to come back. Sounds like a plan. Awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been DTC for LP. I'm Joe. We are out.